selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Well, hello, and welcome along to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman, my weekly deep dive into the beautiful relationship between film and music. Uh, I've got a lovely email that I'll get to at the end. Thank you so much for your correspondence. They can keep coming in by sending them to info at edithbowman.com. But something a little bit different for you on this latest episode of Soundtrack. And as I speak to Bailey Walsh, now he's a director extraordinaire, but most recently he has thrown his incredible talents as the director of virtual concert ABBA Voyage. Though to call it a virtual concert really really, really doesn't begin to describe quite how spectacular it is. Now, it was made in conjunction with the band and it features incredible life-size avatars or avatars. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm here all week. A mind-blowing light show and sensational live band. And it is a full-blown assault on the senses in the best way possible. I genuinely think as well, this is a real moment in music and live music that has to change things. As we ask questions about climate change, our carbon footprint, you know, how it's sustainable for bands to tour around the world, this is a great example of how we can address that, I think, as well, amongst many other questions that I think it throws up. I went along with my two boys and they were kind of a bit meh about it, if I'm going to be totally honest. I love ABBA. I remember having the vinyl as a kid and I have to say it was an hour and 40 minutes where the three of us just sat and our minds were blown. We felt so immersed in this experience. There was an instant emotional connection with what we were watching and listening to. It was, it's actually really quite hard to explain, but I would highly recommend it to everybody. Uh, Now we're going to begin with a teaser trailer, which tries to give you a fair idea of some of the classic tunes that you can expect to hear when you go. Hello, London! 
Bailey, thank you so much for doing this. Oh no, thank you for asking. I'm re- yeah, it's really, really lovely to be asked. I went along with my two kids on Saturday to watch ABBA Voyage. One of them's nine and one of them's 14. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to push them to one side for a second because I had the most extraordinary experience watching this show. It was so emotional. I was, I was in tears by the time we got to Chikatita, which I think is the third song or something. It wouldn't be in my top five other songs, if I'm being honest. And I looked around and my, my 14-year-old was sat to my left and the lady next to him was in tears. Like I could see the tears in her eyes. And I just reached across and held her hand. And I was like, me too. And I, I, don't, I, I still can't work out why I was so emotional throughout the whole show. There's also a moment where, I mean, we'll talk about the the creation of it in a second, but where you very cleverly have this sort of very sort of private moment with the band that then flips to them being encased in laser uh, pyramids. And this landscape is just, and it's, I felt like I was levitating at that moment as well. It was extraordinary. So let's go back to the start. How did this project present itself to you or how did you present it to what was the story with your involvement with this and when and where did it start my story with this started with one of the producers Svana Giesler Um, I've worked with her many times and I made a film of Oasis with her I did Springsteen and I with her and a few videos with her and we go back a long way and we've always worked really well together and she was working with Johan Rank on this with ABBA on this project and it was the start of it and Johan had this massive success on Chernobyl, so he was unable to do this project, right? And they looked for a, they looked for a director for quite a while, I think. But I think in the back of Svana's mind, and you have to ask her this, I think in the back of Svana's mind, she thought of me, and she thought I was the one. She didn't want to present me because it seemed a bit nepotistic, perhaps. Uh, so she held off, I think until they couldn't find someone. And then she suggested me, you know, and, and so she talked with Johan, Johan agreed. I then got on a call with Benny and Bjorn, uh, a Zoom call, I was here, this very spot. Oh, I feel privileged. <laughs> and, yeah, and I got on a call with them and we had a really good call and it wasn't about ideas. It was, we didn't discuss, because obviously at this point, it was very kind of, you know, it was still very open of what this was going to be. So we didn't discuss it because it's such a massive thing. You, you did, it wasn't one of those things where you get on and you say what you want to do. Mm. I mean, Ivana called me the day before I did the Benny and Bjorn. So there was no way that I could have time to think about what on earth this could be or, you know, where it was, even though Johan had done a kind of roadmap of kind of ideas. I, it was still very unformed in a sense. So I, you know, so basically I just had the conversation with Ben and Bjorn and we'd got on and, it, and I think they're very trusting people and they're, very, they, it was, they're instinctive. So we had, we communicated really well and they said on that call, you've got the job. So wow. and, then, and, that, and then I was away. And so I had to leave my beloved Iceland and get working. Listen, what an opportunity. I, I should be so blessed. How long ago was that then? That was three years. Three years. I stopped work um, a week ago, or just <laughs> over a week ago, um, because obviously when the show opened, there was still things to finesse, and there was you know making sure that it kind of runs smoothly. 
And it was pretty much three years to the day that I started and I finished. It was so funny because my my little nine-year-old was like, I said, I'm really, I can't wait to speak to Bailey about this. He went, I've got three questions. He's like, A, how did he do it? B, how did you do it? And C, how did you do it? It's right. so funny. But yeah. at that point, what was the show or what was the ideas and where were we with what this thing was going to be? It was still very unformed. Like I say, you know, it was kind of set up a roadmap. There was a, there was a, there was a um, set list, but um, which was, move, you know, the set list, it was still movable. Yeah. Uh, the roadmap, it was much more cinematic um, at this point. Um, you know, the, the kind of idea of the life-size avatars and it being a, such a pure concept wasn't there yet. It was early days. It was just, you know, it's still really early days. And it just takes time. It's so enormous that this thing, that, you know, it takes time and research and development and a lot of thought. And it just gradually became, became what it is. There are a few epiphanies along the way where you suddenly think, I've cracked something. Like when, you know, when I decided that it should be life-size avatars. And, you know, it was that thing of the questions that I had to ask. Being creative is about asking questions, right? Yeah. And my, yeah. So it's just asking the right questions. And, and the most important question for me was, what would I want to see? What would I want to go to? What do I want to experience? So that was always the big question for me. And, it, and from there, it became really clear that I would want to go and see and have a concert. Yeah. And I would want to believe that they're there. And I would so, you know, and but and what does a concert mean? It's like, okay, that means the iMag, the big screen iMag, where you know, when you go and see Beyonce and and she's the size of a bean, but you can see her in detail. It wasn't going to be enough just to see the life-size avatars. So just trying to make it a concert experience and to make it as believable as possible as a live concert, which it is a live concert because we it, have we have band. band oh. Yeah. And the band adds an enormous amount to the whole thing. I mean, you know, if the live band weren't there, I think it would work, but I don't think it would work nearly as well as it does. The band just add this, again, it's that thing of playing with what's real and what's not real, you know, what's digital and what's not digital. And the band, obviously, that's, that's one of the things that they add, never mind the music and their personality and the brilliance that they are. They are the real band. So. You know, the mixing of those things really is part of the idea. How would you describe a live avatar, a full-size avatar, sorry, a life-size avatar? A life-size avatar, that's how I, that's how I describe yeah. them. I mean, the thing is that, that, you know, for me, and I've said this, I've said it many times, the thing is on, on the life-size avatars, I believe they're there. And, I, and for me, they are there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the question was always, Oh, the challenge was always, I want to fall in love with that avatar. I want to feel that avatar. I want, to, you know, I want the ability to fall in love with that avatar. So the reality is that ABBA are there. That yeah. is, you know, it's their voices. It's their speeches. It's their, you know, their soul is there. So those avatars, the fact that they're these kind of, you know, digital beings actually doesn't matter because because they are there their their soul is in those avatars and people it's not and it was never a cynical exercise for abba because abba went on this as a creative journey it wasn't a whitney houston i always use this as an example because i there's something 
that doesn't feel right about the Whitney Houston hologram, right? Mm-hmm. That was a money-making exercise. It wasn't, it wasn't done as a, I don't believe, I don't believe that it was done as a kind of creative curiosity. It was done to make money. And it was done very badly as well. ABBA's reasons for this were creative. And I think that that, that definitely spread across all of the people that worked on this. Their enthusiasm, their excitement, was very much, you know, that spread. It spread to me, it spread to the producers, it spread to everybody. I mean, you know, so there was a great, there's a great, it's this project, I've never worked on a project that's been so full of love. It was so full of love. So that's, you know, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, from the producers and the, the, the ILM, the, you know, Wayne McGregor, myself, and down to all of the crew, right? All of the crew that, that are in that building. Just, it's just extraordinary. It's an extraordinary experience. And I think that comes from Apple and from their music too. It's really funny. I was interviewing Will Fallis last week at um, uh, Transmit Festival and Ellie from Will Fallis was just saying, I was just chatting about like listening to music whilst they're on the road and, you know, what she listens to and stuff. She's like, where have they been listening to loads of ABBA recently? And I was like, oh, I'm going to see the show next week. She was like, oh, I really want to go and see it. She was like, I hadn't, it's really interesting. I don't know if it's because I've got to a certain age where I'm listening to ABBA differently, but I'm really kind of dissecting it as a songwriter. And she said, those songs are extraordinary. They're unbelievable. In terms of, you know, the content, the storytelling, the melody, all of it. It's all these kind of different pieces of a puzzle that just are so important and so... I don't know, without one of them, it just wouldn't be the same kind of no, chemical no. reaction in a way. I know, it's, it's, there's a magic to it. And that jolly melancholy, you know, the, the fact that you can, there's these beautiful melodies that you're kind of you know, dancing to and you're kind of, but at the same time, there's Bjorn's lyrics, right? There's Bjorn's lyrics, which are usually tragedy. Absolutely right? heartbreaking. Broken, you know, broken hearts and, you know, so there's this 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 magic that they've created from jolly melancholy. It's it the, their songs are unbelievable, and it is. I've listened to those songs thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands of times. Right, the weirdest thing. I'm still not sick of them. That's an amazing. That's, that's an amazing, amazing thing. An amazing thing. It really is an amazing thing. Yeah, because you know the way songs can. You know, and they are earworms too. So of course, you know, for three years I have hummed nothing but that one. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, though? <laughs> oh, they change all the time. They change all the time. And, of course, my humming drives me mental. <laughs> I can't bear that I'm humming them. But, however, when I come back to listen to them, you know, to do work on it, yeah, you know, they're just, they're really, emo- they're really emotional songs. So that was really easy as, a, as the creative. It was really easy to kind of, another remit for me was if this makes me emotional I'm the audience right yeah this makes me emotional then it's going to work it's it's, I'm the audience then it's going to it's working so that was always you know I always wanted it to be an emotional that's what I'm interested in you know I wanted that to be I just love the way music can make us emotional and if we could add to that then that's that's great and that's why I think you talk about Chica Cheetah and your experience with Chikachita, one of my favourite moments in all the many shows that I've now seen was seeing a mother and daughter when Chikachita came on and they were hugging and their heads and they were just bawling. Yeah. What is it about that song? 
Well, it's, it's it's a very beautiful song. I mean, it makes me, I, you know, it makes chokes well, me. I'm, I'm boiling up thinking about it again. <laughs> no, no, no. Isn't it weird? And the audience reaction as well, the beautiful synchronicity of the audience, yeah. right? Every no one day. tells you to do that. Nobody, it's not like, no. it's no. just this instinctive thing. And I'm like... <laughs> And literally, I watch the floor, and the floor is, you know, just just this beautiful kind of wave. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And it's a funny thing that that's the other thing about seeing many shows is that now I see patterns. And I know exactly, you know, the first chorus of Chikachita, I know those arms are going to go up, right? I, it's, and, it's, and it's just like, you can go, go. And they do, right? <laughs> and it's so great. It's so great. It's so interesting because... I've been lucky enough that I've been to watch so many live shows. I've been to festivals. I've seen shows in so many different venues. I've also seen shows where I've gone to the cinema to watch, you know, a live playing out of a show. And I guess people who haven't, I don't know, this is so much more. I was like, I wonder if I'll feel the same as I do when I go and see a live show in terms of, you, you know, that that energy of the feed that you get from those performances and those artists and stuff. And I've got more than that, I feel. And it's a an incredible thing that you've been able to do is to create that connection with the performance of ABBA. And yes, the band helps that because they're there and you've got that physical thing. I mean, is it Victoria Smith, the drummer? I couldn't take my eyes off her. Amazing. Oh my God, she's incredible. And we'll talk a little bit about James and helping sort of form that band and find those musicians and stuff. But, But you've done this amazing thing as well because... There is so much going on with the with the visuals, but also those moments where you just have the four of them. Like that moment, I can't remember the song where you just have that orange strip light that has these two pulsation Those things that, that yeah. kind of... And Which then... Got, in my mind, is a clock going backwards and forwards because that song's all about the past and the present. And, you know, so that's a clock going backwards and forwards. So it's time, you know, time going back and, and forwards. And then that moment where you have the, the, the orange sun and the eclipse and it's time that's to... Perf- oh, that was... Yeah, that was just like... I think the simplicity of that as well, visually, but it's all these things. Where and how did you start with... How, what would be the journey of this show visually? Because there are so many elements and we love the whole Rora video, you know, kind of the different, this sort of anime sort of thing that's going on as well. My 14 yeah. year old was beside himself with that. And very- I love that. I love that. I love that the animations are going right down really well with the kids because, you know, us kind of people, my age group, I've heard some criticism of the animations that really, it really kind of, uh, ups, uh, I oh, I loved it. There, but I think they're brilliant, and I think yeah. that they add an awful lot to the whole show. Yeah, and that was actually Johan's idea to bring in animation, and I think it was a really great idea. And Shinola, who made the animations, you know, it's I can't take any credit for it at all. It's their work, and I never inter- interfered with their work because they're artists. So, you know, in the same way that people left me alone, I had to leave them alone. I think they've done an amazing job. I think they're really beautiful. I think they add so much texture to the show. However, there are old cynical gits like me or my <laughs> age group who are like, oh, yeah, time to get a beer. But the great thing is that the youngsters, like your 14-year-old, for instance, it's one of the highlights of the show for them. And I think that that's, that's a really great thing. And especially because it is multi-generational. You know, the, totally. The show, you know, and, and that's a really the skill of Abra again, their music, 
But I think kids are very interested in this show and they find a fascination. You can tell me how your kids were, but they find a fascination with it because it's music and it's tech. And there's the, and it, oh, this kind of, there's a fast, there's a magic trick in there for them, right? Yeah. And I think that that magic trick is fascinating to them. Like your kid said, how did they do it, right? Their minds were blown. There are not many things that can blow their minds and they don't understand in that world. So many times during the show, Spike kept saying to me, is that really them? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great thing. Okay. It's such a great thing. The first time that we all saw, you know, all the team that had been working on this, you know, ILM, producers, Svan and Ludwig, and just and all the lighting people, everyone. The first time we saw that screen, right? So we've been working. Huge. We've been working for such a well, the first yeah for such a long time without actually seeing the work in it's in kind of with a distance with where the situation was going to be, and the first time we all saw it, I can't tell you that the joy. My my shoulders were hit like this for three Aww. years, and I saw it on the screen. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it works. <laughs> it works because it was yeah. It was intense, you know, it was really, really intense. Well, I guess um, that you had to capture that. Initially, it's about capturing their performance, really, isn't it? It's about, it's about because that's the soul and the heart of what we see and what we experience. It's got to be them. It's got to come from them. So you've got to capture that. Was that, was that the starting point for you, really, in terms yeah, no, of that? I think that, I think that, you know, capturing that was we filmed them for five weeks in Sweden. At the same time we were filming them, we had doubles in a next door studio who were studying Abba, working with Wayne McGregor. They were studying Abba, all of Abba's moves from, you know, from their early videos and concerts. So they were becoming Abba. And then Wayne extended all of the moves that we let them be sponsored. You know, we, we always gave them kind of, I, I, it wasn't choreography, but we gave them a narrative of what the, what the song was mm-hmm. going to be, what the visual idea was going to be, right? So it was like, yeah, we need, we need movement in this. We want stillness in this, you know. So they had an idea of what it was. But Adler were always very spontaneous. And I think Wayne was very smart in the sense of we never gave the real Abba's choreography because that would have restricted them, especially... You know, the age they are and all of that, I think it would have just been too much. We wouldn't have got the performance that we got out of them if they'd been thinking about choreography. So it's much more about spontaneity. And I think that Abel were always about spontaneity, right? So then, you know, Wayne extended their moves into those doubles and, you know, and, and captured them pretty much, you know. Uh, yeah, and he, he captured those performances of the older Abba into those, you know, and just transferred it into the youngsters. And it worked incredibly well. Because in the programme, which I have in my hand, there's some great pictures in there of the process of, you know, of, of kind of, oh, it's it's so wonderful. And we've we've all read it sort of cover to cover. It's brilliant. It's Edith, really- can you just say this again? Because, there, yeah. because there's been a bit of criticism about, uh, the producers made this, made this. I, I had programme. nothing to do with this, the programme. Yeah, the producers did. Svana spent a lot of time and working on this, and and there's been a bit of criticism about the program. Why? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I. But you're saying that you found it really fascinating, and you're oh. saying I, I'd really. Um, I. It's like great. I. I think certain people need to hear that because there's just been it. I think because it's not glossy enough, or it's not. I don't know. But everything oh, you're like. It's a deep dive. 
It's well, a deep which dive. Is so great because everything you're liking about it is everything that Svana worked hard to make sure, you know. You um, every time I've I've read it about two or three times, and I find something new in it every time I look at it. Whether that's a picture or I'll go, oh my! It tells you so much about this whole process. Whether we'd forgotten the name of the tube station that we got off Puddle Mill Lane, do you know what I mean? Even that's in there. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of that's there is right. so much, and the the pictures, which I love as well, so many of them. But are the pictures of them in there like what we're used to seeing Andy Circus in, you know, in his motion, yeah, yeah, the mocap in, suit. in his mocap suits, but also just when they're singing with these kind of almost sort of, I don't know what the official name is, but they look like kind of GoPros hanging off their heads, watching, yeah, so that's just them singing. That's capturing their, yeah, yeah, that's capturing their faces. And for me, that's kind of you know the fact that we have this extraordinary performance from them and clearly this process didn't restrict them or curtail them in any way but I, I imagine there was a little bit of a journey to get into that point where they felt okay we get it we've got to perform with this stuff on or like this were they performing yeah. to an audience or just was it a crew because it feels like you know they were performing I don't know how many people that the the ABBA arena holds it's like three thousand or something yeah it feels like they were performing to a big audience as well yeah well obviously it's yeah obviously when you're kind of well first of all there's the kind of self-consciousness so the only the only issue was benny and bjorn having shaved their beards off they were really really reluctant to do that right and understandably i know now i've got a beard it's a protector it's kind of it's a veil and the veil is it's like once you've had a veil it's really difficult to get rid of it so I think that they that was a real challenge for them. They didn't want to do it. But obviously, because you've got to mark their face so you can map their face, they had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a reluctance for that. Once they'd done that and they got over the self-consciousness of having this bare face, they actually walked on to the, to the stage very unself-conscious, all of them. They were all very unself-conscious, which was really great. It was, you know, very, you know, just lovely that there's yeah. this, you know... These 70-something-year-old people who, you know, they they kind of had no vanity about it at all. And they actually, once we started, they really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, the moment, can you imagine the moment where they walk on? There's 100 people. Let's say there's 100 crew in in this NASA-like kind of studio. So you've got, you know, you've got hundreds of computers. So it's like NASA, right? And you're in a white room. There's 160 small cameras, so you're not, it's not 160 big cameras. Yeah. There's 160 small cameras kind of filming them. And they walk into this room. Edith, the moment for, the, the, as individuals, they're beautiful people, right? They're really, really lovely. When they walked onto that stage as ABBA. Don't, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> so, it was so magical. An alchemy happens when those four people come together, right? This thing, I don't know, and it sounds, you know, kind of like hippy-dippy. It's not this thing happens mm. when those four people come together that is magical and yeah. very, very bizarre, the energy that they create from each other. And the whole every day was a massive emotional journey mm-hmm. because every song they did, the crew became the audience, right? And they're just, everything you see in that arena was going on in the studio. So it's really beautiful thing, and it was tears every day. I mean, really, the 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 kind of mind blowing privilege to be there, to be filming them, to be directing them, to be you know, was just you know, after forty years, was 
a really magical thing. Man, that's amazing. Why do you think they wanted to do it? I think, this, you know, someone approached them a long time ago and just said, oh, you know, what about doing a hologram show? And I think that kind of, they, they thought, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that they then went on a journey of, you know, looking at lots of things that were like Michael Jackson or, you know, they kind of, it piqued their curiosity. And so it, that was the start of the journey, I think, for them. And that was mm-hmm. a long time, and that was six years ago. So it's yeah, three years before I came on board. And then it, it kind of, you know, it, they, they said, well, if we're doing that, then maybe we should do some new songs. So then they got together to start, the, and they did the two new songs. Which worked um, beautifully, by the way, as well. Yeah. So, the, and they were obviously, they worked so well. And it was, you know, that distinctive ABBA sound still. Do I have it in me? I believe it is in there. For I know I hear a bittersweet song. In the memories we share, I still have faith in you, and I will say, I never really thought I'd feel this way, but I remind myself of who. And then they decided, well, we've done two, should we carry on? Because they really, they were back in the studio and they were back in the studio and really enjoying it together. And obviously that magic happened again. So they got back together and and did Voyage album and yeah, and, and, and loved it. Yeah, I think again, it's that thing of, you know, the curiosity, no, no, no other reason other than curiosity. And then fun. They mm. really had a lot of fun. It'd be really funny if like one time when, um, and also there's a, it's fine because I don't want to say too much about the show specifically because I don't want to, anyone who's not been, I don't want to spoil it and stuff. But there's a beautiful kind of moment right at the very end as well, where again, my nine-year-old going, that's them, isn't it? <laughs> 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 like, no, it's still not them. It's <laughs> still not them. Um, and there's a great picture in the programme because he's, you know, he's like, he's right about everything. But I'm like, look, there's the picture in the programme. It's not them. But the band are extraordinary. And we mentioned the brilliant drummer, but the whole band are amazing. It's just, and there's right. a lovely moment where they're introduced, which is great, you know, gives them, gives them, and they get a real moment as well for them. Um, does yeah, your mother know? Mother. And James Wright, and if I'm if I'm right in saying this, was was part of kind of putting that band together, who we've heard on the podcast before for his brilliant work with Simon Amstel on his film. He's an amazing individual, I think, both because he's got that experience with being in a band himself, and just this is really interesting. I, I only kind of realised this after I'd seen the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. James was, I think, Ludwig. You know, okay, Ludwig, one of the producers. I think I can't remember how it came about. But anyway, I think that, you know, Ludwig is a friend of James and, yeah, and it just seemed like a really great idea because James obviously worked with a lot of these musicians. And I think that he was just asked, you know, what do, do you know any kind of, you know, do you know any great guys to, you, you know, to make a band up? Yeah, and so, you know, he, he came up with the kind of great cast and there were obviously kind of, you know, more, 
other band members, you know, other people that he suggested. But this was the kind of, you know, this it was a casting. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think that Benny worked with them. Benny kind of, you know, kind wow. of. Wow. Yeah. And, they, yeah, they worked They worked for a long time with Benny um, in Sweden. They all they all shuffled off to Sweden and rehearsed, rehearsed for quite a long time. And uh, I think, you know, obviously the thrill of working with Benny. Can you imagine? Oh, my um, God, it, I know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think they had it. They had a great time, and I still, I hope they're still having a great time. Mm. I love there's all the. There's a lovely atmosphere in that audience. Can we just talk about this? Yeah, of course. There's a lovely thing about the whole crew, right? So the band are, as we know, they're brilliant. There's a whole thing about the the you know when you go to that arena, which is an amazing arena, right? But, I mean, it's it's very special in the excitement. But the guys who work on the like all the crew that work there, leaving you to your seats and. And they're just so beautiful and they're having such a great time. They're all dancing. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's ABBA. It's like, how did this all happen that these kids, you know, who are kind of ushering you to your seats, they're usually really grumpy, right? Um, where every, every kind of venue you go to, the yeah. that you feel they're more like bouncers and ushers. These guys are all dancing throughout the whole thing. It's no, they're, they're, they're great. I've got to say, even on our journey there, we had, what did we do? We did the overground to Stratford, then we changed her at the DLR at Stratford. And even when we changed, I had to go and ask someone at Stratford what was the right DLR line to get on to get to Paddle Mill Lane. And he went, you got to sing me an ABBA song first. <laughs> I get that. It's like branching out. It's like a radius. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Apparently, I read a review. I read something the other day that someone had been, you know, someone went and they came and on the way, I don't know whether it was going or coming back, but the train was just basically everyone singing Abbott's Greatest Hits. Yeah. It's just, on, the way, on the way back, it was exactly that. It was so great. Yeah. It was so fantastic. The speaky bits as well. I know that when they chat, it's like, that's that's really lovely as well. Because you kind of think, I don't know or think about the last time I ever heard each of them say something. Yeah. I think it adds an awful lot. Uh, again, it, it makes you aware that they're there. They're present. They are those avatars, right? Yeah. And I think that that's, it's very, very important, that, that part. And all of, those, all of those kind of small things, all of the details... You know, the show is made up, and I think, you know, because it took a long time and we, you know, many brilliant people are working on it, the show is made up of a million details that add up to the whole, right? And all, yeah. of, the, all of those details, them talking, them coming out of the dark, them... Holding hands. Yeah, exactly. All of that, all of those kind of details are very, very important to make you believe that, that, you, that you are there and they are, and they are there. You know, yeah. they're there, they're present with you. Just a couple of questions before I let you go. What was their reaction when they watched the finished thing, or you know, or were they were they part of the process throughout, or what was the kind of when they sat down and watched the show as the show? They were very much part of the process throughout, in the sense of you know, you can't make decisions about bringing ABBA into the future, you know, or to the present day without without their consent, without mm-hmm. their you know, without them being again, without them being present, right? So they were very present throughout the whole thing, just letting us get on with it, but, you know, giving us comments on costume or, you know, on how they look or, you know, stuff like that. When they saw the show for the first time, I think that, uh, I mean, I wasn't, because Frida and Agneta, they saw the show when it was complete, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they saved, Agneta saved for the opening night. Oh, Frida man, night, and wow. Frida the night before. 
I think it was incredibly emotional for them. I like really, really emotional. You can only imagine watching this idea of, you know, watching yourself, but as you were. And I think that another reason for the whole emotional journey that we all go on when, when we see it, and it wasn't an intellectual idea, but I, it just, it's part of what it is, which is, it is past, present and future. Yeah. Right? And I think, and, and you do, there's lots of layers in that, which are kind of in a subconscious way, you kind of, you question mortality, you like, you know, all of those, those kind of big questions, which I never intentionally kind of laid out, all of those big questions, I think, are there. Mm. And I think that we, it's just a subconscious thing and an instinctual thing when you're watching it. And I think that's one of the reasons that people get emotional. So I think if you are ABBA and you're watching that, that's a big trip to go on. Yeah. So I think, yes, they were very emotional about it. Talking about the future with this show, it kind of feels like that that arena could almost just kind of, I don't know, it, you know, we've got the luxury of it being here that we can kind of go and see it. But I don't know that people will travel from around the world to come and see it, but it feels like it could tour, you know, it could go to other parts of the world and have a have a home for a while and, and spread for that sure. love, really. For sure. I mean, I think that I, I think that that, would be great. And I think that that's an intention. Mm -hmm. The idea with the building was it's basically a flat pack. So you can just, you know, kind of, and then move it, you know, like an Ikea, a Swedish Ikea, you know, <laughs> arena. I, I think that it's a bit trickier than that and a bit trickier than we intended, possibly. But it is, uh, I think, the you know, the hope is that we will roll it out, I think, you know, I think it's who knows, mm. but I think I don't see a reason why it wouldn't. Yeah, we're very popular around the world, so why not? You know, and this this show seems to be being received. I mean, I, we couldn't wish for better response, really. Yeah, it really has kind of changed the the potential for live music shows. I think, in terms of it's kind of gone, wow, it's kind of everything and more. But it is different. Like you mentioned Whitney Houston. It's like you couldn't do that with Whitney, even if you know someone wanted to, because she's not alive anymore. You need the people yeah. to be, you I need them so. to be part of it. So it's not like you could do Elvis or, you know, it's like it's got to no. be existing. But in terms of, you know, things like climate change and all that kind of stuff and looking at carbon footprint, all that kind of stuff is definitely a, a way of bands and artists looking to adapt their touring outlook. Yeah. I mean, I think that, 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 you know, obviously the building is very, you know, it's bespoke. One of the reasons the show, it, it, you know, technically the show is very complicated. You know, the join between digital and real, you know, that, that's very tricky. But the reality is that, that technology is just getting, it's moving so fast. And this is the, what we've done here is probably going to get much, much easier and cheaper to kind of do. So, yeah, I think that the possibilities are in this. Mm. I think it is, you know, you could do Elvis, right? It would be a different experience. It wouldn't be the emotional experience probably that we've had here because, as I said, the reason this is so emotional is because I think Abba are involved. Right? Yeah. And it's their soul. Elvis would be a different experience. It could still be fun. It yeah. just wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be what Abba yeah. is. It would be yeah. something else. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, and it would be nostalgic. There is nostalgia in our show because of the music, right? But we have brought them to present day. 
So there is, you know, that that's with Elvis, you couldn't really do that. We don't want to see Elvis dressed as a punk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 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 not taking anything away from your brilliant work as a director. I'm sorry that we've only talked about this. And we haven't talked about anything else. But, you know, even when you go way back to like that video for Unfinished Sympathy, Massive Attack, of getting to the core of storytelling in song and through music, that's kind of, you know, that's on surface level, that's a very simple idea. But that video was so powerful. And so, I don't know, just fitted everything about that song and the melody and the lyrics and everything. You know, kind of it's interesting when you look way back at the start of your career to kind of this and how I was going to ask about how how much of what you've done, you know, over the years has helped with this in terms of the storytelling and this. And and that was something that I thought about with that song in terms of how that that one video was just, you got to the core of it. I think that I, I wouldn't have been able to do this 10 years ago, probably, I think I've used my work and my and, and my life in, in this show. I, it's like, because it is, as you say, it's about emotional. And Unfinished Sympathy was one of my experiences. You know, that thing of an unbroken thought when you're destroyed by love and you don't see anything that's going on around you. It's all, So I think that I couldn't have done this, and never mind, technically we couldn't have done it, but I don't think as a creative I could have done this 10 years ago. I think it's, you know, it, I pulled on everything I've ever done. And, you know, on, on every, yeah, just life. It's not just work. It's, you know, because creativity is about life and your life. And, you know, so I think that I pulled on everything I could with that. Though. It was so such a massive challenge. It's been a, 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 a this extraordinary, beautiful experience. And on top of that, the reception to it. Right? I hope that I can have an experience that's going to be as good as this. Hmm. You know, right now, I've just stopped work after three years and I'm now in Iceland. And it's like, you know, I'm about to go through a massive crisis because it's, it's like, I've just had the best, best job in the world, right? <laughs> no, what on earth am I going to do to top up, you know? <laughs> It's a real worry. Edith, I'm concerned. <laughs> just go watch the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, listen, it's you absolutely smashed it, and thank you very much indeed. So, and just the whole, you know, I, I, whatever people go in with the expectations of what the show is going to be, it will just, it will, it will kind of surpass anything you could ever have hoped for or wished for. It was extraordinary, and I can't wait to go back. Um, many times, I hope. Um, and yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Bailey. Thank you very much, Edith. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Take care. Enjoy yeah. Iceland. I Thank look forward you. to what's next too. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Bye, love. Bye.
as repeatedly discussed during our conversation, that's Chikatita. Oh, which I'm going to move on from quickly before I begin to cry again by ABBA. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtrack and with the wonderful Bailey Walsh. My huge thanks to Bailey for taking the time to talk to us. For tickets and more information about the show, head to abbavoyage.com. And all this talk of Chikatita... Well, I have to say, Ben reminded me of my conversation with Martin McDonough, who wrote a letter to Benny and Bjorn to get permission to use it in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And you can hear that episode at edithbowman.com, along with all of our 300 plus episodes of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtrack in UK. And as I said, you can drop us an email at info at edithbowman.com. In fact, huge thanks to Paul Fletcher, who wrote us an email saying he wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you so much for... Uh, the conversation that I had with Clint and Charlotte for the She Will Music. Uh, absolutely loved it. And he finishes his very long email by saying, many thanks for the freedom to return meaning. All the very best, Paul. Paul, thank you so much for getting in touch. Now, next up, very excited because I got the chance to speak to partners in life and in creativity. They were absolutely brilliant to chat to. David Leach and Kelly McCormick, director and producer of Bullet Train. Oh, that is an experience and a half of the cinema, let me tell you. It's out in cinemas from the 3rd of August, but you can hear my conversation with David and Kelly talking bullet train on next week's show. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 